Sam, quickly, rank the top four in the Premier League, four to one, the end of the season, go. Four United, three still back in Spurs, two Liverpool, which means City champions. Right, let's get on with this. gentlemen start your engines five green lights and we are go wham bam thank you ma'am it's time for br football ranks welcome to the brand new studio the greatest most glorious gaff in the game sorting some sense into the superior sort of soccer supplementing your sporting scholarship with spellbindingly salient slants swelled somewhat by a sensationally sibilant start this really is the relentlessly rolling ranking rondo my name is jack collins and i'll be your host today and joining me as ever are the twin pillars of the ranking world firstly a man who has never needed glasses he's got 2020 transfer vision and with so many little birds whispering rumors into his ears it's a wonder that we haven't yet started calling him the spider it's transfer insider dean jones hello young jack and it's a man whose favorite 2007 cult rap classic was obviously ranked that soldier boy but sticking with the game of thrones hype a human who's so unbelievably divisive on social media that i might just start calling him ramsey Bolt. They might have the red god, but we've got the rank god. Is Sam Ty? That is rich, considering you look just like Ramsey Bolton. I'll take that. that. I'll take that at this point, mate. Uh, We're live from the new home of BR Football Ranks, and it is time for hot takes. There's been much to discuss in the world of football this week. Dean, do you want to start us off? You're right. It's been a massive weekend in football, Jack, and a massive season ahead for Real Madrid not only this season next season as well because Zinedine Zidane is back to turn around their fortunes he's going to go straight out next summer and try and completely overhaul this squad and start by doing it getting Eden Hazard through the door my hot take is not only will he get Eden Hazard through the door he will then turn him into a Ballon d'Or winner now Hazard just hasn't he just hasn't fulfilled his potential so far there's still so much more to come from this man now, it's going to take about £100 million to get him out of Chelsea. Um, he should become their first Galactico signing since 2014. And Zidane, he wanted him before he left last time around. He definitely wants him this time around. They've already made contact about this, which Hazard, I'm told, is very excited about because this is his dream move. He's always wanted this. He's always wanted to prove to people that he does have ambition, can do it at the next level. Now, Zidane thinks not only is he the best player that he can get outside of Neymar and Mbappe right now, he's also the best player and uh, the most realistic signing for him. So he needs him to become... Um, more selfish, though, around goal. That's what he'll say to Hazard when and if he does arrive at the Bernabeu. He's going to tell him he needs to improve his numbers. If he does that, he will be knocking on the door of those Ballon d'Or members that we've seen before. And don't forget, no one outside of La Liga has won the Ballon d'Or since 2008 when Cristiano Ronaldo did it. So Hazard knows himself that if he is ever going to be in that kind of company, if he deserves to make it into that bracket... He's going to have to go and prove himself in La Liga and he's ready for it. Right, two questions for you. Go. One, where does that leave Gareth Bale? And two, there's been a, a rumoured 300 million in the Real Madrid war chest this summer. Is the, Where's the rest of the 200 million going? Could we see sort of Lewandowski and Hazard, that kind of double swoop coming in? I think they will look for another striker. I don't think it's going to be an elite striker, though, if they get Hazard through the door. I think they'll look for someone more up and coming because I think Benzema will still remain the main figure through the middle for them. Um, As for Bale, I think that it's 
probably going to be time for him to move on. He didn't have the best relationship with Zidane before, even though he usually performed for him when he had to. I think that Bale, while he doesn't want to leave Real Madrid, he's earning huge amount of money that not many other teams can match. He will realise that this isn't really helping him much more than it was playing under Solari. Um, I've spoken to some people about where he could potentially go. The door at United isn't totally closed, but it's becoming more difficult because of the way that things are working there. And it really depends what happens with Alexis Sanchez. Tottenham may be possible, depending on whether Pochettino really is able to go and get signings finally. Um, but one thing that I'm told is becoming a possibility is Bayern Munich for Gareth Bale. That could be t- become a potential landing spot in the summer. It's something that I'm told Bale would be open to because it's a, a club that's big enough and good enough on that level. Um, and it looks like they might be one of the only clubs that can afford to actually get him as well. Sam, would that work? Well, Arjen Robin is uh, and, and Frank Ribery, they're not going to last forever, are they? So maybe this is the guy that they turn to. To be fair, I would have gone with someone... Who's less injured most of the time? A because bit younger, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that wouldn't be my perfect shout. Um, question on the Ballon d'Or thing. Mm. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Lionel Messi will live forever okay. and, and win all of the rest of the Ballon d'Ors. Okay. So where does, how does that and how well, I get number one? Number one, you need a reality check. Two, um, Messi probably will win it. You know, once everyone realizes giving it to Modric was a big mistake, so that's not going to happen again. Um, nobody. Why was that a mistake? Um, because it has to be either Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it has to be once this cycle is over and Messi's going to win it again next time around because he's in La Liga and Ronaldo isn't. It's the year after that that is going to open up again because um, Messi will probably be playing a deeper role that will mean he's not scoring as many goals. And I think Hazard, that will be his opportunity to step forward into the bracket with Neymar, with Mbappe, trying to show that he is capable of getting into that level. So, yeah, it is probably going to be Messi next time around. So um, he might have to wait this out a little bit, Eden Hazard. But eventually he will knock on that door and show that he deserves to be a Ballon d'Or winner. I'm going to take it on to Sam's hot take in one second. But just before that, how happy are you for Isco? Oh, mate, I've been having a disco for Isco for 24 hours now. It's just been it's been mad in my house. Me and my one-year-old son just running around in <laughs> just Just doing Isco bits. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, Sam, with that, what's your hot take for the week? So uh, this weekend is a little-known game called the Milan Derby. What is it actually called? AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Was it actually called? Derby della Madonnina. Correct. Nice one. Come on, mate. Pass the pop quiz. Uh, So not only will AC Milan win this game, they will use it as a springboard to finish second in Serie A this season. Now, this is quite a big deal because you have to go back to... Scorching take. (laughs) You have to go back to 2012 for a team not named Napoli or Roma to have finished second in Serie A. Now, Juventus have won all of those Scudettos, but Milan have been off the pace. In fact, it was Milan that won it in 2012 and have slipped off since. Mm -hmm. So I think this would be quite a big deal. And on New Year's Day this year, they were 13 points off the pace of Napoli. So not just off the pace of the title, of second. They've closed that gap to six. They're on a five-game win streak. They've got Piatek up front. They've got Paqueta through the door. Everything is clicking for them. Donnarumma's found form again. Bakayoko is playing lights out football. This Milan side now suddenly look really, really good. You contrast that with someone like Inter Milan, who are battling a serious injury list. Mauro Icardi apparently just doesn't play football anymore, guys. Sorry. And also, Napoli, the team that they will be competing for, uh, competing with for second place, they've got the Europa League to focus on. And you can see from the 11s that Carlo Ancelotti, their manager, is fielding that he is prioritising the Europa League. They beat Salzburg 3-0 in the first leg, so you'd think that would be done. Ah, you never know with these sorts of things. Look what happened in the Champions League. But 
you think they've got that under control. Then you look at the 11 they field against Sassuolo at the weekend. You've got five or six guys coming in that wouldn't usually play. Ancelotti is going for the Europa League. He doesn't care if he finishes second or third. But for Milan, who have nothing else to focus on other than a Coppa Italia second leg, which for some reason is two months after the first leg. That is the weirdest thing in football. <laughs> we don't know why that happens. We love you, Italy. Apart from that, which is quite far away, this is all they've got to go on. This is a huge chance for Milan. A huge, huge chance for Milan. And I think they're going to take it. Fair. Well, we talked about them a couple of weeks back of being part of that new European elite again in a couple of years. Is this the springboard for that? Well, they haven't, they haven't played Champions League football for, for too long, way too long. So this is the first step towards them, well, getting back into that elite, as we say. And a club like Milan, with the stadium they're in, with the fan base they have, with the money they have, they can stay there once they get it right. They just have to stop hitting that self-destruct button, which they've done over and over again over the years. Can they keep the players? That's the, to, you know, to, to make that a reality. Obviously, they'll keep them for this season. Yeah, which yeah. Affect that take. But like, can they keep the players together in order to build that kind of... We spoke so much about how, how they're young squad and, mm. and there was so much young talent there. But are they not going to get poached by the likes of Bayern Munich and, and Real Madrid and Juventus and, and the top kind of English teams as well? Oh, quite possibly. And that might be the reason they don't end up forming another dynasty. But at the very least, for the next 18 months or so, or for the six months, like, they're going to get to the summer... And like, given what Piontek has done in front of goal, like he's going to cost 100 million already. So I think people are going to wait and see if he settles one year in the Champions League. So they've got a 12, 18-month window here to really skip up the gears and to hold on to those players by just performing themselves. And then who knows? We can't tell what happens in 18 months in football. We didn't know a month ago that Zidane would be back at Real Madrid. So like, you just don't know these things. And there's, there's, there's no point trying to second guess that. But for now, they're on the right track and they're going to take this opportunity, I'm sure of it. Point on Bakayoko. Um, Chelsea's obviously transfer ban has been upheld, as far as we know, uh, by FIFA. He will go back to Chelsea this summer unless they decide to sell him. With the kind of lack of new players coming in, is it plausible that Chelsea might keep Bakayoko and not let him return to Milan permanently? I still think, to be honest, that Chelsea haven't given up on this fight and I think that they're going to they're gonna push this further and take it to the uh, Court of Arbitration for Sport. And they still expect that they're going to be able to sign players in the summer. And that's really important to them because it looks like they're going to sell Eden Hazard, whether they like it or not. So they need to be able to spend that money to replace him, even though they've got Pulisic coming. I see what you mean about Bakayoko, but... I don't think Bakayoko will fit in at Chelsea again, to be honest. Depends who the manager is, right? So, true, yeah. I don't think he fits Sarri. Under Sarri no. Although he has been playing a deeper role, he's been playing at the base of a midfield three, and he has been spraying passes left and right. He has Good. been doing what Jorginho has yeah. been doing, but he's better defensively. The thing is, the pace of Serie A is so much slower. Yeah. And you can tell from the way Bakayoko passes the ball that passing it 150, 160 times, he's not the cleanest passer. Mm. So I'm still not 100% sure that under pressure that really works for him. So that's, I don't think that works, but it depends who the manager is because they might ask him to play a box-to-box role yep. and he can go back to that. So we have to see. Okay. Well, as ever, we let you, the general public, decide a third hot take for today. And you've been voting in your thousands on Twitter, so thank you very much for that. In third place this week, with 25% of the vote, was whether PSG will ever live up to their hype. In second, 28%, what league outside the big five was the best? And the winner, with a whopping 47% of the vote, was this. Which title race will be more exciting, the one in the German Bundesliga or the one in the English Premier League? I think we're going to get some contrasting opinions here. 
I think this is an interesting one. Uh, something that swings it for me in the way of Germany is that Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund still have to play each other. 6th of April at the Allianz in what should potentially be a title decider. Same points. It's currently goal difference separating them. And the fact that they go head-to-head means that moment and that race probably gets the edge. Oh, my God. But I think, Sam, you're going to disagree with me. Well... Block out that day regardless and watch it because it's going to be great. However... And Juventus, uh, Juventus versus uh, AC Milan. Oh, isn't, it, a, isn't it nice when, 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 when they decide to put all these fixtures on the same weekend? It's like, at the same time. It's like fun. they've planned it. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not on the same time. <laughs> I'm going to go Premier League and it, it's a case of, for the Bundesliga, I feel more detached from it naturally because I don't live in Germany. I live in England. And I'm, I'm living and breathing this Premier League title race every day, every week, every game. And even at this point, we're eight games out from the finish. But over the last couple of weeks, the tension in these Man City and Liverpool games is absolutely ridiculous. The Liverpool-Everton game was a derby itself, but there was an added element to it that you just couldn't take your eyes off. And it, the, the quality of the game was so low, but the, 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 level of, the level of tension attached to every pass and every move was so ridiculous. And as long as these two teams continue to win and push each other to the wire, it's just going to go crazy. Like the, the, I can't imagine being a fan of either of those teams and just watching each game and just getting through. I bet they're not enjoying it, but I am. I bet it's, it's nerve-wracking I don't know. for I those fans. I think fans are enjoying it. I think they're probably they're more relaxed. More. Yeah, they're more, more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. What was your kind of view on it, Dean? My view, well, I said last week, I think um, City are going to win the league by six points. So I can't <laughs> say that's going to be particularly exciting, can I? Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's rubbish. <laughs> right. So you're on my side. I'm on your side, and I'm going by in Dortmund. And the reason is, it is tighter, so therefore it's more exciting. There was a stage at the weekend where those two teams were tied midway through the game on points, on goal difference. Um, and on goals scored. Um, and there's every chance that could continue, as long as Bayern Munich don't carry on winning 6-0, which they, they won't, like that's not going to happen. Playoff? There's going to be a playoff at the end of the season. OK. On neutral territory, a shootout between Bayern Munich and Dortmund to decide the title. That is possible as it stands right now. The only thing we would need to happen is it also comes down to head-to-heads. We need so a 3-2 Bayern win. We need a 3-2 Bayern win on April the 6th. <laughs> and then we're all teed up for end-of-season final like you rarely, rarely see these, do you? Um, I'm just going to pull you back to the, to the Liverpool six-pointer. Where Thanks. are they dropping points? Um, on the pitch. <laughs> cop I'm not out. even going to take that as a cop out. Come on. No. I, um, I've said before, I don't trust Liverpool's main men as much as I trust Manchester City's. And that's, that's the reason I think that they're not going to get as many points on the board as Man City's. You pick the two men that are going to decide whether you win the title or not. At Man City, you've got Sterling and Aguero. Uh, at Liverpool, you've got Salah and Mane. They're the two game changers for me, the, 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 the deciders. And I just don't think that Liverpool are going to have enough in Salah and Mane to win them as many points as Man City do in those two. Okay, what, fair enough. What, sorry, what about, if, uh, what about if, if Bayern Munich... Sorry, if Liverpool drop out of the Champions League to Bayern Munich... Mm. Um, that is definitely interesting. So, so yeah. does, that, does that narrow it slightly for you like, in terms of the... Yeah, I'll have they, to reassess they, they, next they week. Can fo- they can focus on the games that they have left. The thing is with Liverpool, I don't know if that helps them or much because... It just puts even more pressure on them in those Premier League games. There's already pressure on them. Mm. And I, I just think that 
the one thing that's getting to them at the moment is that expectation, is the cop, is that, you know, the cop, they haven't even, the atmosphere hasn't even been that great at Anfield because everyone's so nervous from what I can tell. This is the one the fans want, isn't it? They want it massively, you know, Liverpool win the Champions League all the time, they want to win the Premier League. (laughs) Win the Champions League all the time. Well, given the scorching nature of those, I'm going to move things on before we burn this brand new studio down. (laughs) Sam, time for your big rankings. What are you going to rank for us this week? So I have ranked the five most exciting teenagers based in European football right now. Cool. Like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Good ranking. Well oh, done, mate. Oh, well, you haven't heard it yet. No, I mean, I'm going to disagree with all your points, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. a good topic. As okay. long as we've heard of all of them, we're good. I don't know about you, Dean. <laughs> Jack, you definitely heard of them. So we'll, we'll, we'll kick it off with number five and uh, someone that if you listen to our bonus transfer podcast, you'll be very aware I of. I to that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's great one. content. Uh, Diego Linares uh, recently moved to Real Betis in, in January from Club America in yep. Mexico. Just another brilliant young Mexican winger and playmaker. We seem to be talking about those guys all the time. They I think seem Jack's to be... got a tattoo of him, hasn't he? Yeah, three or four, actually. Yeah, very likely. Um, so very sort of diminutive and wriggly dribbler and someone who just essentially gets you off your seat. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just, I've always felt like left-footed players are more exciting. Totally agree. Uh, is it just because they're rarer or yes, something? I, I, I mean, think that's probably it. And it's the way they just, run. Yeah. <laughs> they all run different today, Dean. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, he's, he's left-footed. He's got a, a reasonable eye for a finish. Very creative. Really quick off the mark. Like Likes to stand his markers up and just dart past them and you get into tight spaces like that. He just plays at this kind of relentless pace he just doesn't stop moving all of the time and I've, I've I've got a big future in mind for Linus he'll be pleased to hear very very pleased to hear a quick thinking guy like that who's quick can finish can pass look the sky's the limit for him this continues our 100% scoring rate of talking about Real Betis on every podcast. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything on this one, to be honest, because I know that Jack's got so much more to say. No, I agree. I, I think that, you know, he's given himself the best possible opportunity in Europe by the fact that he's gone to a club where he can, you know, in a competitive league like La Liga, he can then have the t- kind of chance to grow and develop without too much pressure on him. Obviously, things aren't quite as rosy as they once were at Betis, but there was so much talk of him going to Ajax to mm. begin with and, and obviously Ajax are, are flying at the moment but ultimately there's just less competition in the Dutch league than there is in the Spanish and I think that growing in a place where you have the eyes of the world on you but the pressure is off because you're not one of the giants is such a smart career move and I think that having done so he has the ability to leapfrog Chucky into that kind of top Mexican in Europe spot and he will do so I imagine quite quickly even though his start has been slightly auspicious yeah it's, it's been up and down but you kind of expect that from a teenager moving from Mexico into into arguably the strongest league in Europe, in Europe and therefore in the world, some would say, with with the presence of the the, the Spanish elite in there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think La Liga is the strongest league. It's stronger than the Premier League. So for him to just go in there, it's been what two and a half months essentially because it was a late January signing. For him to go in there and start compl- like on fire would have been. Way too much to ask. It would have been way oh, yeah. too much to ask. So you're going to be sad when he leaves, Jack, aren't you? I'm going to be very sad when he leaves. <laughs> so he's up and he's up and down, but he's on the right track, and he's flashing the ability that we saw a little bit more regularly in Mexico and for the Mexican youth team, and it will just start to filter out more and more regularly for sure. I think obviously as Joaquin gets older as well and loses his, well, he'll lose his spot, starting spot, right? <laughs> yeah. In, in terms of that will that will provide opportunities for a young Linus. And he's got Guardado there in terms of having a countryman there to yeah. kind of fuel his development. I think it's just a good spot all round. Agree. Any excuse to mention Joaquin, yeah? Of course. Of course. Move on. Hero, idolo. Cool. All right. Into number four. Kai Havertz, Bayer Leverkusen, Germany. So 
19 years of age, has been playing like first team football for a good two seasons. Once missed a Champions League game because he had to do exams. Um, he started that young. So he's had a fair bit of practice at the, at the senior level already, considering his age. And this season, he seems to have just played in almost every different position available. Like he got moved into a deeper role by his new manager, Peter Boss. He's played on the wing. He's six foot two. Like yeah. Attacking midfielders aren't really that height. That just doesn't really happen. So I'm not surprised to see him moved around a bit to see, to see where he can flourish. Um, but he's still very, very good in those tight spaces. He's not the sort of crazy dribbler that Diego Lainez is or a couple of players that I'll mention shortly. But he is a ridiculous passer of the football. Like the technique he has and the way he hits it and the angles he hits and the runs he picks out are just ludicrous. And it also applies to his crossing as well. I've noticed that he basically, when he crosses, he just passes it. And it makes yes. it makes me think of Kevin De Bruyne, whose crosses are all just passes, but at a different angle. It's weird. Like that's a, that's a really quite good point. Yeah, it's a weird thing because he doesn't swing it in or anything. Like no. he just passes the football, but from the from the from the wing, it basically. goes in a straight line, just on a diagonal rather yeah. than in a yeah, yeah yeah. And they're so much more accurate, just like Kevin De Bruyne's is. So Havertz is his his best skill is passing. But it's also crossing because he just does the same thing for each one. Yeah. So he's scoring more goals. He's assisting more goals for Leverkusen this season. I've already said on the previous podcast, they are the most exciting team to watch in Europe right now. Because they don't defend. Because they don't defend. They yeah. only attack. They're front five, like the, the people that front take five. those positions. That's, is, a, that's a defensive day, a front exactly. five. <laughs> that's what I mean. Um, it's his runs into the box as well. The timing of his runs, I think, yeah. is really impressive. Yeah. Um, look, he's being watched by pretty much every top club right now to see whether they should be making moves for him. And the, the, the news to that is, yes, you should be trying to sign this player. Um, I know Arsenal have been sending scouts to watch him. Um, Juventus as well, I think, are, are up there. Um, look, he's, he's making his mark in Bundesliga, which is seemingly the best place you can be doing that right now because it's the best place to prepare yourself for the next level, be that Spain or England. Um, Italy, I think... He could easily go and fit into to Serie A, to be honest. Um, so that'd be interesting. Madrid and Barcelona, I don't think he should be looking to either of those clubs yet. But definitely, I think if somebody like Arsenal came in for him, it'd be very interesting to see whether he was to take the leap. Absolutely. Sam, who you got three? And number three is Vinicius Junior. Ah. Baller alert. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take this one, Dean? Baller no, siren. Go on, mate. I'll just jump on the back of it. Baller siren. Cool. Okay, I'm on the so, bandwagon, so you can just go with it. Okay, cool. So I, I, would, I would say that Given the, the train wreck of a season Real Madrid have had, um, this might be the only positive to come out of the entire thing. Before Vinic- Zidane arrived. Before Zidane came back. Yeah, so Vinicius Jr. So it might be the only thing that Santiago Solari actually did right, which yeah. was play Vinicius Jr. Extended and just, time for yeah. Danny Ceballos. Just give him... No, just that one. He Just uh, just just give him the role. And he, he started a lot of games in a row. Like He was given that first-team spot. He wasn't just sort of filtered in. He wasn't dropped in for 20 minutes. He was like, OK, you can have eight starts in a row. My only concern with Vinicius, because he's so good at dribbling, his agility is ridiculous, he's so inventive, he, like, flair-wise and tricks-wise, there are very few that can produce the sort of things that he can. He's brilliant, except he can't really finish. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Like, and it's kind of annoying. Maybe that makes him more entertaining. Yeah. you know he's going to get to the end of it and screw it. You're clearly not a Real Madrid fan. No, 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 not like that. I don't mean it in that way. It's just like you, you can just see it coming. You're like, oh, he's beating eight players and he's going to just start this. And you're like, actually, no, he's not. So back, that's like 17-year-old Raheem Sterling. Yeah, it's remember, like, do you remember he used to do that? Yeah, it's like yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo when he first joined Man United. Like 
people were seriously questioning whether he could fulfil his potential because his decision making in the final third was usually wrong. He would run out, he would dribble it out of play a lot. He would cross it when he could should have had a shot. He would pass when he should have had a shot. He would shoot when he should have passed it. Eighty-five stepovers. Yeah, way too many stepovers. Like I've seen a lot actually that reminds me of a young Ronaldo in Vinicius, and I think that it's just something that you eventually grow out of and learn from. I don't think there's anything more you can say to that. He's also got to remember he is so desperate to live up to expectations and to make his mark. He wants to feel part of that club and stay part of that club, that he wants to get goals. And sometimes I think that that's probably to his detriment. I I agree. I I do feel like his struggles on the pitch in terms of converting chances and the lack of composure that he shows when converting chances converting chances yeah. it, it is somewhat symbolic of Real Madrid's desperate situation and season like he he as much as anyone wants to turn this around and wants to make his mark and he's been struggling what I would say is that at youth level he scored all sorts of ridiculous goals the yeah. composure he showed when he was 17 when he broke through and convinced Real Madrid that he was worth spending all this money on was out of this world it, he scored the most ridiculous goals that's the thing he's got it in so his it's coming it will come yeah. it's coming it's just 46 shots in the Champions League in the league this year, two goals. It's pretty bad. I've just got to hope Zidane gives him games. Yeah, yeah, this is what I was going to say. This is my concern about Hazard, right, man. Right, I was going to bring this up, mm. right, because if Hazard is coming in, he's a left winger, you know, likes to cut in, that's what Vinicius does. Totally. Is his game time going to be heavily limited by the influence of Eden Hazard? You'd I think hope it will be, yeah. It will I be. think it will be. It definitely will be. I think that... Um, Fire him. The, <laughs> the thing is with Zidane <laughs> is... He doesn't really look long term, does he? He wants. He's about instant results, instant success. Even more now than and ever. Even more so going back. That first season back. Well, obviously not much he can do for these next eleven games apart from change morale a little. Next season he wants to hit the ground running, go out there and try and win all the trophies again. And he's going to trust Hazard to give him that. And he'd have seen Vinicius this season and being like, he's a great player. Can I rely on him? No, I can't. Is it, is it mental to suggest he might go out on loan? I was just about to say, Lennon to Betis. Mm. Uh, Lainez on one wing, Vinicius, Vinicius on, the, on other. the other. Off we go. It's <laughs> probably not, to be honest. I think that, you know, he, he would have to consider that. If it genuinely was that Hazard was blocking his path and he wasn't getting game time, you might see that he ends up a bit like Hudson Adoyas right now and just starts getting frustrated. But he's actually shown us regularly what he's capable of but we've also seen his flaws so you would also kind of understand the other side of it what if he what if a loan to Sevilla were to come up for example something genuine not just like off to Leganes see you later like like Europa League (laughs) sorry Um, Europa League level consistent game time like that that would not be the stupidest thing to do in fact it might it might as you say might just be the smartest thing that he could do to iron out those kinks away from the pressure of the Bernabeu where they don't just go every time the problem with that is that if he went on loan and started firing on all cylinders and Madrid struggled again Everyone would be like, what on earth is going on here? Everyone would, everyone would lose, their, lose their rag over him. Well, right? you imagine he's going to get a chance anyway. First half of the season, I don't think he'll be going anywhere, will he? But then it might get to the January window and that's when he would weigh it up. I think that's, that's probably more realistic. OK, right, Sam, who's it to? At two, Jao Felix. Oh, yes. Oh, I wasn't expecting oh, him to yes. be at number two. Genius, isn't he? Absolute genius. Um, Better than Vinicius, you think? More exciting. More this exciting? Is a, the more still, that's exciting, still quite a big right? statement. This is, Vinicius this is... is the definition of exciting. I'm more excited about, about Felix okay, than, I, than, than I am for Vinicius Jr. Like, I just, I love watching Jao Felix play and I just, I'm continually surprised by him. Like, 
from about 17 in the in the youth league, I was watching him just cut defenses open with ridiculous reverse passes, like David Silva style into the box. No one saw it coming. You make the clever run, and he beats four players with one slide rule pass. That start that messy style pass we saw earlier in the year. Yeah. Then he breaks into the senior scene and he starts showing this like blistering pace that I just hadn't seen at youth level. Absolutely ludicrous, like outrunning people. And I actually saw. Uh, a little sort of video documentary with him last week and he said that he nearly gave up on football when he was a teenager and he told his dad that he didn't want to continue anymore and his dad was like everything you you have to work hard for this like you have to do it because technically he was great but physically he was so slender and he found it so difficult to compete with the other players that he nearly gave up on football he seems to have just over the last four or five years just spent his time trying to figure out how to get away from the stronger, quicker players. And of course, that only helps your technical ability. So such soft feet, so technically great. The creativity levels are ludicrous. We praised Kai Havertz and his passing. Felix is even better. Felix is, is absolutely ridiculous. He could pick you out from 80 yards, no problem. He could fire it through two people's legs and put it perfectly into your path. Absolutely amazing. And the other week, Benfica played against Porto. He did. He was released from Porto when he was a kid. For being too small. For being too small. Plays for Benfica's first team now. He scored in the drag out and went and celebrated in front of the Porto Ultras. What a moment that was. One of my pet hates in football is when people refuse to celebrate against their old clubs. So I'm all over you celebrating in front of them like that. I, I, think, I think there's a level to it. Like, there's one no, thing. there's not. There is. Always you know, celebrate you, in front of them. If you've played for a club for 15 years... and Go you and celebrate watch, in front of them. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, this is a ludicrous thing. Uh, Sam... You're so boring, Joe. Where would he fit in perfectly? Everywhere. <sighs> That's not a good answer. <laughs> so you talk to me. Where, where does he go? Where's the obvious next step for Joao Felix to, to kind of take his career to the next level? Well, here's the problem. He's been talked about as a one hundred million pound player already. There's yeah. a clause in his contract. Is that is that it? Is that that's the release clause? Yeah. So I've seen reports for a hundred million. Dean, you've spoken about Wolves keeping a cheeky eye on him to see what might happen, but I've also seen like Manchester United linked. You see all oh, the, the array of big guns. Yeah. So he has got a clause in his contract, but people aren't convinced about it from what I've been told. Like they think that they can actually sign him for less than a hundred million. Um, the reason that Wolves come into the conversation is because George Mendes has so much to do. Uh, with their transfers, they've already got uh, Patricio, Neves, Moutinho at Wolves. Deals that nobody ever would have expected possible. And they've made those moves and now Wolves are brilliant, obviously. Um, so Jao Felix moving to Wolves isn't impossible, particularly as Wolves would like him um, and Raul Jimenez to come in. Obviously, he's a Benfica player as well, technically. They're seeing, can they do some sort of combined deal for those two? The problem for Wolves is that Jao Felix knows that other clubs are looking at him. The Manchester clubs, Bayern Munich, teams like this. So see, it's an interesting... See, Bayern, Bayern are the ones that, rather than Bale, Bayern would be the ones that, like, for me, stick out as, oh, you need a new winger because your Robin and Ribery era is coming to an end. Felix. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, that's the level we're talking about. Like, don't go to Real Madrid because Vinicius Junior's there and Zidane's coming in. You but know why I'm... Pretty much everywhere else. I just want to say that the reason I probably was surprised that Felix was above Vinicius is the fact that we see so much more of Vinicius. Like, we don't get to see Benfica very much. I don't anyway, and I guess most people listening to this podcast probably haven't seen anywhere near as much of Jao Felix as they might of someone like Vinicius. And I think that that is easy 
to lose sight of someone's actual potential just because they're at Benfica rather than breaking through at Real Madrid. But often it's much better to break through at a club like Benfica than it is to break through at Real Madrid. If you need a reason to watch the Portuguese league at the end of the season, one, there's an unbelievable title race yeah. going on there as well. One point between Porto and Benfica, I believe, at this point. Uh, but also just to see João Felix in his kind of natural, natural habitat, in his kind of unblemished state. Before it's not a safari, get... Jack. <laughs> it is a safari. It's a, it's a jungle out there, Dean. Um, but, you know, in this kind of state before he goes anywhere and gets maybe even like overcoached and all those things that, you, you know, you yeah. see happen to players. And that doesn't mean he's going to be better for it. It's just that in his in this kind of stage, he's completely pure and it's so nice to see someone like that. And they do just sort of let him do what he wants as well. Yeah. Like, like they, they do. They've given him this freedom already. Like they play, Benfica often end up in a, in a sort of 4-4-2 formation which is fairly free Felix was a winger when he came through at youth level or played as a number 10 and now he plays similar role just off the striker but definitely not on the flank they have just given him the middle of the pitch and said just run around do what you want to give the keys to an attack to someone like that to someone so young is a serious move and it also just it just it just tells you how much they see in him and how much they appreciate him it's quite exciting that he could have such a standing on this title race as well especially his old club the club that released him for being too small against his current mm. club you know level on points all those kind of things and he's gonna he might have the final say there's there's so much to kind of yeah be excited about absolutely and one thing we just i somehow forgot to touch on until now is that like we, we praise his creative ability and his passing ability like his nine goals in 12 league starts like yeah, he's, yeah. he's over a one and two ratio now appreciate he is That's playing mad. in that central role as a, as a sort of second striker but he's still putting it in the back of the net way more regularly than someone like Vinicius Junior yeah. is and it doesn't, appreciate say, well, the not playing La Liga, but that doesn't matter actually I don't think I mean to a certain degree it does but it's still a very good level of football and you've still yeah. got to do it and the coolness of his finishes and the way he operates in front of goal night and day to what Vinicius does when he just suddenly sees oh my goodness lights. Me, I'm going to have to shoot now yeah. he's wondering how to celebrate as well yeah, yeah. okay right Sam that leaves number one I think that I think we can guess who you've left at number one mm, can you guess can we guess is it is it a certain Borussia Dortmund England winger yeah honestly honestly every day I pinch myself that this kid is English Jaden Sancho is gonna play for my or plays for and is gonna be the future of my of my national team. Like I am so lucky, and so you is are every, very lucky, and you so are, is every other blessed. English person. <laughs> Jaden Sancho, what a player! And obviously, it's a ranking of m- the most exciting teenagers in my view. And you can see like, like all these players. You didn't pick any left backs. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. No I, picked, I, I, picked, I picked all midfielders, wingers, attacking midfielders. But so those are the players. Obviously, you're going to naturally get more excited about. But as a subjective element to this list, like he's English. Like I am personally so excited about Sancho. Mm-hmm. Watching what he has done in the Bundesliga this season is incredible. And also, it's the same with Felix. Like, I do tend to form slight attachments to these players that I watch at youth league level. So when I see them at 17, and I spot them at that like point, a proud dad. Yeah, a little bit. Good old Jaden. <laughs> Go on, son. Go on, son. Um, so Felix and, and Sancho are, are two of those where, like, are watching at seventeen in youth league, and then I see them move so quickly through yeah. into into a starring role at a major team. Mm. You just get you just get even more excited because also it just kind of confirms what you saw in them to the start with. You like it wasn't a complete waste of time. Me thinking, wow, this kid's going to be amazing. He is amazing. Like his dribbling ability again, just just completely taking defenders out of the question. It's like. Just taking it past two or three, no problem. He, again, is so cool and calm in front of goal. 
the fact that he shoulders this responsibility, the fact that he plays every single week for a club like Dortmund who are chasing for the title, the maturity that he has is absolutely remarkable. He has that to go with the technical ability. I think it's kind of one of those things. It's the com- combination of what you were saying about Vinicius and about Felix in terms of, yes, we, we say the Portuguese league is not one of the top five ones in Europe and yet Joao Felix is scoring in it. We've criticised Vinicius's scoring rate and, and assisting rate in a top five league and Jaden's doing it at the very top, right? Yeah, he's doing. He's rolling all of that into one, into third best league in the world. Yeah, Bundesliga probably, probably yeah. which is just it's just so impressive, just so impressive. And okay, Dortmund are out of the Champions League now, and unfortunately, Sancho didn't play particularly well against yeah. Tottenham. Maybe that maybe that's the next step for him. But on a weekly basis, in front of all of these crowds, forty, fifty, sixty thousand crazy fans in Germany they pack their stadiums out completely unfazed by any of it and just goes for it there have been times actually when I've been wondering if Dortmund in recent weeks have been depending on him a little too much when Royce is out basically yeah and they're so expectant of him now because he's done such good things since he joined them that it's almost like oh he's not doing it it's not it's not his day now what now what happens and I I think that that's affected them a little bit but um I think that obviously Sancho is going to develop into an even better player. And the big question for anyone that supports Man City, one is why did we let this lad go? And two, can, can we, we get him back? back? <laughs> is there any kind of buyback or... I mean, the good news for them is that there is a small possibility, yeah, because they have got a clause, a buyback clause, whereby if somebody else was to bid for Jaden Sancho, um, Man City get the first option to match that offer to get him back. So if that bid's accepted? If that bid is accepted. Say Man United offered £100 million for Sancho, it was accepted. Man City can say, no, we'll give £100 million as well. And then it basically comes down to where does Sancho want to go. Okay. Um, you'd think perhaps he wouldn't want to go back to Man City, but um, I'm told he doesn't actually hold a grudge or anything like that. Like The door is open there. I, personally, I don't think he will go back. I think that probably wouldn't be a great idea to do that. Um, not yet, anyway. Not not anytime soon. Maybe late into his twenties, if if things were still going well at City. But um, I think that he knows in himself um, his worth and what he can aspire to right now. And to go back to a club that didn't show much faith in you probably isn't a great idea. So I think yeah. he needs to embrace what he's got right now at Dortmund. To be honest, yeah. Don't don't make the move too early. We've we've already spoken and praised young players for making very good decisions, sensible moves. Yeah, help sensible you out moves, and he made right? a sensible move. And and the sensible move from his perspective is to just keep doing what yeah, he's doing. Don't be like Justin Cliver. Yeah, yeah don't he's do it. developing at a rate of knots right now, playing in front of eighty thousand adoring fans. Like like, does it get that much better? Like you can't ask for too much too soon. Right, I'm going to come on to your little prospects, Dean, a couple of, just before we flip it onwards. But before that, Sam, you've left out Phil Foden. I'm sorry, Phil. And I thought you would have Phil Foden in your five. I do feel bad. I, I am sorry. Bad. I am sorry, Phil. Um, he was sixth. He was sixth. He was sixth on my list, but I'm only allowed to do five. Okay, all right. Before, um, look, we'll, Phil, look, there's nothing not exciting about Phil Foden. And like, but it just doesn't... He's also know, not playing at that level just, often yeah, enough. I, I, yeah, yeah, Man City. We just talked about Man City, right? So he's not getting the games that someone like Sancho is. He, is, he is not playing, in my opinion, anywhere near enough football. Yeah. And like, look, Pep Guardiola is a very good manager and he knows what he's doing. However... Phil Foden doesn't really get as much football as even a generous manager would, would get. I just, I just don't really understand with some of the cup games that 
Guardiola is taken very, very seriously. I understand the pursuit of silverware and things like that. But once it gets to the latter stages of anything, Foden doesn't get to play, even if he's played all of the preceding rounds. Yeah. And also, I felt last season, because they were obsessed with the 100-point mark, Foden barely got to play as a result of that. And I, again, I understand, like, proof, proof in the pudding, I understand it, but like, he, he played so little football considering the situation they were in. It was astonishing. This is what Santa will point to and go, I made the right call. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's top of Sam's rankings and Phil's only sixth, though. I'm sure he'll look at that. They'll have a little chat in their group chat and be like, look, Phil, I, I made it. Dean, who do you think that Sam missed out? I wanted to not pick a forward player, so I actually thought I'd pick a goalkeeper and go with Donnarumma. And then I found out he's not a teenager anymore. He's oh, 20. Dean. So, don't they grow up so quickly? They do grow up fast, don't they? They grow up so fast, bless him. Anyway, let's move on. They're all forwards, the ones that I've picked. (laughs) (laughs) I mentioned him last week, so I'm going to stick with him. Um, Efra Alvarez, LA Galaxy. He's not in Europe. Um, Yeah, you've broken the rules. So far, you've gone for someone who's not a teenager and someone who lives in the wrong continent. The next two are both these things. Okay, all right, we're good. Karamoka Dembele at Celtic, 16 some player, years old. Some baller. Player. He's a baller. Baller siren. Um, He's a really, really good footballer. Really is. I saw him, a quick interview with him. And he's, he was showing the 14 rules of Johan Cruyff and uh, asked what the most important was. He picked out rule 14, creativity. And it, that is exactly all that he does in, in terms of his head. It's like, what can I do? What can I do? How can I make a goal? How can I get past this player? And that's so good to watch. I mean, if you get the chance... Type in his name in, and go and watch some videos of Karamoka Dembele because he's ridiculous. Made his he was known since he was like fourteen. Yeah, it's the same kid that popped on a few years a few years yeah, ago. 13 was fourteen even. years yeah. of age and playing with the under eighteens or something. Yeah, all the Dembele's are ballers. That's the rules. I'm changing name my Dembe- name, Jack. If your name is Dembele, you're a baller. Full Call stop. me Dean Dembele as we move <laughs> forward. Um, the other one I think deserves a shout out is Moise Keane at Juventus. Yeah. Moise Keane. Moise. Moise Keane. David Moise no. Keane. No. Yeah. In Italian, you say Moise King. <laughs> they probably do as well, to be fair. They do. Go I googled on. it. Go on. Do you want me to get it up on my no, computer just now? continue. Um, played for Italy at every level, uh, including senior. Made his debut for Juve at 16. This season, two starts, three goals. Um, he's like Rashford and Lukaku rolled into one. Oh, jeez. He scored two at the weekend. Yeah. He, he doesn't yeah. get to play anywhere near enough as well. And so a couple of years ago when he came through in the youth league, I likened him to Lukaku immediately. He has got that same style of he play. Has. He does. That's, that's about spot on. Yeah. So roll him into a bit of Rashford as well. He is quite quick. Yeah. Yes, he is, yeah. He's, but he's got that That's the kind thing, of... Like, look, he's got a turn of pace that Lukaku hasn't got. Um, <laughs> Lukaku had that when he was uh, 19. Yeah, he might well have yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's probably it for the rankings this week. I think that we'll... Uh, Nothing we'll to add, Joe? You've got no, no players no, to I, I was going to talk about Ryan Sessegnon for, for a couple of hours, but I think we might be leaving the podcast on too long. <laughs> uh, just saying, considering he's had so few starts, still in the top five teenagers in Europe to create chances this year. So mm, Okay, well, you've you know, done that now. There we are talked about him a world-class superstar in the making but it's probably time for us to move on to bleacher roulette and the nonsense rankings sam do you want to start us off this week with bleacher roulette let's uh, let's mix it up you can have a go to start what would your ideal career path be which teams what order this is a great question to be fair Correct. It is a great question. Um, I do have something prepared. <laughs> this isn't how Bleacher Roulette works. <laughs> You're not supposed to see the questions. Did you put it in? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a fix. This is a fix. All right, go. I'll let you it. off once. Yeah, you're, you're, cuz it's a good question, I'll give you the break. And I'm giving you time while I while I reel off my monologue right. to think about your ideal Thanks, career Thanks, mate. I won't listen. Crack on. Okay. So, uh, it felt normal what you get spotted in your local area, right? So, yeah. age 4, scout in the Reading Academy spots me. Extreme talent. So, he takes me in. I rise through the ranks and at about hey. 16 Rise through the ranks. Making serious waves. Super agent George Mendes spots me. Having played, having turned out for Reading's You've first... You've thought about this way too much. Uh, Reading's first team out five, six times. Uh, so I signed for George Mendes' agency and for Benfica. Uh, about eight million euros. About fair? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fine. eight million euros. So nail the Primera Liga for a bit. Two seasons. Two trophies. Then the big boys really start calling. 45 million euros to Borussia Dortmund. I thought you'd go to Dortmund. Yeah. Emulating your hero, Jaden Sancho. That's my next one. So spend all my peak years there, win all the trophies, whatever. Challenge the truly elite of Europe. I'm actually not that fussed about the Champions League trophy. As long as we're, as long as we're, we're hauling in some domestic stuff and we are really challenging those top teams, it's not an absolute essential for me. It would be nice, but it's not essential. Once you've done that, I move to Besiktas. Two, Besiktas. Two years at Besiktas. Because I want to play in that stadium where they go absolutely nuts. Anyway, I'll sweep the domestic titles there. A couple of years at Besiktas, Turkish League, no problem. At this point, I'm, what, 32? So it's fine. Journeyman. Journeyman. They're used to it in the Turkish League. Then I do the last couple of years at Melbourne Victory. Nice, relaxing time in Australia, in the A-League. Probably break all the scoring records. Retire at 35? Right. I don't even think we need to discuss that. was like that. nonsense rankings. <laughs> right, Dean. Let's go with yours, please. Um, I'd start with Fulham. Our boyhood club. Yeah, emotional yeah. reasons. Um, get spotted very quickly um, and move uh, to Manchester City. Play for them for like five or six years and then um, join Man United and get the welcome to Manchester uh, posters <laughs> made up. Just for a laugh. Just, just a wind yeah, and, and then when I score my next goal, just kiss the badge. Right. Yeah. And that's it, and you just finish there. Yeah, as soon as I've scored that goal against Man City, done. Retire. 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 Yeah. One international cap, Go back no to goals. Fulham. Go back to Fulham. Yeah, that's it. Fair. That is a, that's a dream career. I think that's great. I, I'd start, great fun. I'd also start Fulham, boyhood club, you know, through the academy, through the ranks. I'd stay there for a little bit longer than people expected. You know, like everyone's like, oh, I'll get a big move at 18. I'd probably stay to 21. Are you listening, Ryan Sessner? <laughs> um, <laughs> stay at 21, help the club come back up to the Premier League and secure yeah. their spot there. Then, you know, get across the water, get to Betis. Obviously, do a couple of years there, learn from my hero, Joaquin, you know, make a really good little partnership with Diego Lainez, yep. really, really start to, to, to kick it into gear. Uh, then I would probably bunch, bunch along to Barcelona. Uh, I've always wanted to play in the new camp. I think I'd probably be I've nice. always wanted to play in the new camp. You'd probably score a few goals there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been part of my kind of identity. Uh, and then I would finish off by going north of the border. I'd do a couple of veteran years at Celtic. Uh, to to really finish my f- career in style, you know. Join, Basically, you're Henrik Larsson. Gen, join the list, yeah. Henrik Larsson with an added Fulham segment <laughs> for, for no reason. Yeah, you know, join the list of people that won the seven shirt for Celtic. Uh, obviously, quite a quite an Im- impressive list, and and that's where I'd finish. I think that I could have guessed all of that. <laughs> I genuinely reckon I could have got it. Like destination to destination. Yeah, I didn't. I nearly indi- uh, sort of added some time in, in Italy with Fiorentina. Right. But just because you've just been there for the weekend. I have just been there for the weekend and I've fallen Had in to love get with in. a new team. Up the, they have a big sign saying up the points, which nice. basically secured my allegiance forever. Nice. So, so that's Fiorentina. Yeah, right. Okay, so Dean, 
let's get you on the bleacher roulette with. Which footballer would you most like to see Hollywood make a biopic of? Biopic. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. I'm thinking why I'm. I'm thinking why I'm. Really, it's on two lines. To um, I am going. I can't go a bit different away from Ronaldo and Messi because that's just boring. Um, what about Gareth Bale? Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale would be a great story because he starts off the, the tale of a left back at Tottenham who cannot win a game of football. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah, there was that thing, wasn't there? There's, where there's the people, Bale curse. There's literally a curse on your name. People don't want to see your name on the team sheet. The manager's actually a bit cautious about it as well because they just can, literally cannot win a game with you. And then you emerge as the club's best player once they start pushing you further up the pitch have a breakthrough moment in the San Siro when you have everybody off their seats, including Inter Milan fans, because of the, the show that you've just put on. And then you earn a move to Real Madrid. Amazing moment. You get there. You have some really good games. Still, for some reason, nobody really likes you. Um, <laughs> it's fascinating. And then, it? you, then you deal with the emotion that comes... With all of that. So I th- actually, the more I'm talking, the more I'm thinking I might approach Gareth Bale with this idea. Yeah, nice. A biopic of Gareth Bale. <laughs> Please say it to him like that. He'd definitely respond as well. <laughs> Sam, who would you make one of? Um, just, just had a few names running through my head there and I, I want to pick a fun player and I ended up going down the list of Brazilians and I've ended up with Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho, half football, half carnival, yeah. split between the two uh, as the biopic, uh, biopic that I'd like to see. I'd, li- it, I'd like it. to see. Um, I'd like to see what go. How much? How much went into that? Like how much natural talent? How much practice? Absolutely ludicrous footballer. Just a joy. Just a joy to watch. Even when warming up, I'd imagine that's worth that's worth some kind of ticket price to see him just warm up with the ball. Yeah. Just go through his career. Uh, watch the highs, watch the lows, and watch the carnival. Because he spends all of his time nowadays at carnival. I did actually spend some time with Ronaldinho a couple of years ago. Humble brag. And he was supposed to be doing some kick-ups for us at an event, and wasn't that interested in doing the (laughs) kick-ups. And uh, I'm just going to leave it there. But it didn't turn out to be quite the football that I expected from Ronaldinho, but he was good at everything else. Like Yeah, uh, but then like a month later, he played in like a charity game and was absolutely taking the piss out of defenders. So I I think it was just something to do with you. Yeah, probably just didn't like you very much. I I think I was going to go Marcelo for pretty similar reasons, apart from, you know, it would have been obviously still more how I convinced the world that I was a defender without being able to defend. It was kind of the the, the subtitle of the plot. I'm going to go with a man that you normally pick for these things in Sergio Ramos, Mm. because imagine the kind of drama of a Sergio Ramos film, him smashing up dressing rooms. Him Isn't he like, making one right now? He's making one. his own thing, but obviously that's not going to be that dramatic, I don't think. I think it's going to be a bit sort of, a little bit tame. But I imagine if you just Nothing took Nothing he story, does is tame. True, but imagine if you took the story of his life and you had an actor smashing up dressing rooms, you know, like shouting at each other, shouting at the president, having fights with his own teammates, yeah. like being convinced by Jose Mourinho that it was a good idea to hate all the other national team players in, in, in Barcelona and how that kind of resolved. I, I, I'm fascinated by the whole sure. thing. I'd like to see that. For, he had he had cameras on him while uh, he was watching yeah. Real Madrid lose to Ajax at home after he'd taken a voluntary yellow card to miss the game. Would like to see the uncut footage. Would love to. Would love. <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish us off. 
Which player would you like to be your dad? <laughs> Which player would you like to be? <laughs> I just... <laughs> well, is your dad a good footballer? My dad is. Good play. Yeah, good you can play. just pick your own dad if you want. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that might be stretching the question a little bit in terms of that. Sorry, Jez. Um, but... That's that, Jez. That's that, Jez. <laughs> what, who would I pick to be my dad? Well, that's actually really hard. I don't know. Um, well, some, do you have any ideas? Someone, um, someone sensible. You've got to pick someone who's pretty old, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I mean, mine's easy. Joaquin. Oh. <laughs> that was easy enough. Easy enough. Sam? Well, it took you ten minutes to come up with it. Go to Dean first. <laughs> Go to Dean first. Dean. Uh, Buffon. John Luigi Buffon. Buffon yeah. would be a really good dad. The only thing is, they often loses his nut a bit. You know, when he loses, he just if you did something wrong, he'd be whacking you and headbutting you like he did Michael Oliver. Character building, man. <laughs> Character. I needed that, actually, from my dad when I was younger. He should have, he should have been harder on me. So, um, yeah, Buffon, give me... Uh, a side to my character that doesn't exist. I was just going down a similar goalkeeping route myself there. What is it about goalkeepers that feel so safe? Sensible, yeah. yeah. Are you serious? What, ma- what is it about goalkeepers that makes you feel safe? Their job is literally to keep a goal safe. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, Sam. Schmeichel. Peter Michael. Schmeichel. Peter. Uh, in, the, in the event that we might all actually have to go for goalkeepers, I'd probably go Ika Casillas. Mm. Lovely footballer. My favourite ever goalkeeper. And a safe pair of hands. Think he'd you know, look after you. Yeah, all right. So. We had a question early doors on Bleacher Roulette, which was which keep, uh, which player would you trust to look after your baby? And I think we all went with Petr Cech. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, there is a there is a style. There's a so theme there, isn't there? Yes. Right. Nonsense ranking time. Sam, what's in the bag this week? <laughs> Go on. Top three. Top three modes of transport during the Viking era. <laughs> 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 when was the Viking era? Ages uh, ago. Uh, <laughs> earlier. It was earlier in history. Earlier than right. now. I think you were just going to rattle, so do it. Um, so, there weren't actually that many. Funny <laughs> that. I can imagine. <laughs> there just weren't that many. So, honourable mention is actually walking. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, preferable over short distances. Um, but if you're going to have to travel quite far, and I'm led to believe the Vikings did travel quite far on occasion, you're not going to want to walk it. So that's where we kick Didn't off at number water, three. Though? At number three is the uh, is the horse and carriage. So that kicks us off. Fairly self-explanatory. I'm sure you've seen them. If not experienced it yourself, you haven't necessarily used I've it. I've never been on a horse have and carriage. Have you been on a horse and carriage? Yeah, I have, yeah. In, Bel- in Belgium, <laughs> around the little square. This is where you know that Sam What's it called, Viking up. Square? <laughs> <laughs> Sam didn't grow up anywhere near where he did. That's the truth. I didn't grow up in Belgium either. No, but, uh, yeah, on. I mean, they'd be a bit touch slow nowadays. You wouldn't see one of those on the motorway or the highway. You're definitely not in the slow lane even. But back then, very useful. And did you know that part of the carriage, they used to take it and they used to form a coffin with it when they used to bury people? Multi, right. Multi-useful. Multifaceted. Not bad at all. In Thanks, at number Sam. two... Those glorious boats. Wow. Very, very impressive. They were used to venture west, pillage, murder, and capture. Uh, and I'd imagine that those, those that saw those boats on the horizon knew they were in for a pretty rough time. Although the dragons and stuff they used to put on, on, on the front, they were not actually to scare people. Did you know that they were to scare away sea monsters or get on side with the gods of the sea? Of that, course I knew that, that. That was their thinking. If you've gone with the Viking longship at two, on earth have you put a one? Mm. Skiing. The Vikings were big skiers. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that, Jet. So, so it got pretty cold in, uh, 
parts of Scandinavia during the winter. And, I mean, I knew that much. And, uh, you know, sort of fjords waterfalls would, would, would freeze over. And apparently they were big skiers, sometimes even ice skaters, although that is obviously much more difficult That's and more of a recreational activity with regard, than compared to someone like skiing over a long distance. Um, I like to think that they would shout something like, De hier ist der Schoft, which is, this is fun in Danish. I bet it's not. No, it really is. <laughs> We've got any Danish listeners, please, please, can you confirm or deny that? I'm hugely into Peter it. Peter Schmeichel, get in touch. You look a bit like you're from Scandinavia, Sam. I'm speaking my native tongue there. That is true. De hier es a schoft. This is so fun in Danish. And that's what they would shout as they went down the slopes, the frozen fjords and skis. Did they have ski lifts? <laughs> How did they get back up? How did they get back up? I don't understand. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, they were travelling from one point to another. They don't have to go back up. They never have to go back to where you came from. They're going A to B. They're going A the to Vikings B. Vikings never went back yeah. to where they once been. The they might, if I can not until the summer. Cable car. Yeah. <laughs> they might go back in six months. Depends what they settled. Okay. All right. Oh. So number one skiing, right. big Viking skiers, look out for them. Well, thank you, I think, for that, Sam. What a history lesson we've just we, To be fair, that was insane. I can't even argue with any of them. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, yes. Yeah, well, what other modes are there? I don't know, mate. <laughs> You've done the research. You came up with me. two more than I knew existed. <laughs> Maybe just horse. Yeah, horse. Rather than horse and carriage. Yeah, if you just rode a horse. Yeah. That's probably more useful than horse and carriage, actually. I don't know. Depends. Uncomfortable. Fancy for you. Uncomfortable. Like I said, fancy you getting in a carriage. I'd just be riding the horse. Um, too uncomfortable mate long distance no thanks quicker though quicker though right that's us all wrapped up for this week and so that all that is left for me to do is to say thank you so much to these two legends to Dean Jones cheers mate to Sam Ty thank you I've been Jack Collins. Uh, remember to get involved in all the things pod using the hashtag BRFootballRanks. Get out of the three of us on Instagram. Get involved with sending in questions for Hot Takes and Roulette. Get involved with the poll. It goes up on my Twitter every week and retweeted off the BRFootball account. So 8,000 of you voted this week. Let's see if we can get that number up next week. If you haven't already, make sure you've downloaded the BR app for the best sports and culture content. Also, you can listen to us on it and you can keep an eye out for exclusive Rank Squad bits in the app soon. Keep sharing the pod, keep telling your friends, keep rating us on iTunes. Rank Squad memberships in the pipeline for the real ones out there. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.